Letter six of Clarissa, volume one. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ben Dutton, Lampeter, Wales. Clarissa Harlowe, or the History of a Young Lady, Volume One, by Samuel Richardson. Letter Six. Miss Clarissa Harlowe, to Miss Howe, Harlowe Place, January the twentieth. I will now resume my narrative of proceedings here. My brother, being in a good way although you may be sure that his resentments are rather heightened than abated by the galling disgrace he has received, my friends, my father and uncles, however, if not my brother and sister, begin to think that I have been treated unkindly. My mother, being so good as to tell me this since I sent away my last. Nevertheless, I believe they all think that I receive letters from Mr. Lovelace. But Lord M., being inclined rather to support than to blame his nephew, they seem to be so much more afraid of Mr. Lovelace that they do not put it to me whether I do not or not. Conniving, on the contrary, as it would seem, at the only method left to allay the vehemence of a spirit which they have so much provoked, for he still insists upon satisfaction from my uncles, and this possibly, for he wants not art, as the best way to be introduced again with some advantage into our family. And indeed my Aunt Harvey has put it to my mother whether it were not best to prevail upon my brother to take a turn to his Yorkshire estate which he was intending to do before, and to stay there till it is all blown over. But this is very far from being his intention, for he has already begun to hint again that he shall never be easy or satisfied till I am married, and finding neither Mr. Sims nor Mr. Mullins will be accepted, has proposed Mr. Wiley once more on the score of his great passion for me. This I have again rejected, and but yesterday he mentioned one who has applied to him by letter, making high offers. This is Mr. Soames, Rich Soames, you know they call him. But this application has not met with the attention of one single soul. If none of his schemes of me getting married take effect, he has thoughts, I am told, of proposing to me to go to Scotland, that as the compliment is, I may put his house there in such order as our own is in. But this my mother intends to oppose for her own sake, because, having relieved her, as she is pleased to say, of the household cares, for which my sister, you know, has no turn, they must again devolve upon her if I go and if she did not oppose it, I should. For believe me, 
I have no mind to be his housekeeper, and I am sure, were I to go with him, I should be treated rather as a servant than a sister. Perhaps not the better, because I am his sister. And if Mr. Lovelace should follow me, things might be worse than they are now. But I have besought of my mother, who is apprehensive of Mr. Lovelace's visits, and for fears of whom my uncles never stir out without arms and armed servants, my brother also being near well enough to go abroad, to procure me permission to be your guest for a fortnight or so. Will your mother, think you, my dear, give me leave? I dare not ask to go to my diary-house, as my good grandfather would call it, for I am now afraid of being thought to have a wish to enjoy that independence to which his will has entitled me. And as matter are situated, such a wish would be imputed to be my regard to the man to whom they have now so great an antipathy. And indeed could I be as easy and happy here as I used to be, I would defy that man and all his sex. And never repent that I have given the power of my fortune into my father's hands. Just now my mother has rejoiced me with the news that my requested permission is granted. Every one thinks it best that I should go to you, except my brother. But he was told that he must not expect to rule in everything. I am to be sent for into the great parlour, where are my two uncles and my aunt Harvey, and to be acquainted with this concession in form. You know, my dear, that there is a good deal of solemnity amongst us. But never was there a family more united in its different branches than ours. Our uncles consider us as their own children, and declare that it is for our sakes that they live single so that they are advised with upon every article relating to us, or that may affect us. It is therefore the less wonder, at a time when they understand that Mr. Lovelace is determined to pay as an amicable visit, as he calls it, but which I am sure cannot end amicably, that they should both be consulted upon the permission I had desired to attend you. I will acquaint you with what has passed at the general leave given to me to be your guest, and yet I know that you will not love my brother the better for my communication, but I am angry with him myself, and cannot help it. And besides, it is proper to let you know the terms I go upon, and their motives for permitting me to go. Clary, said my mother, as soon as I entered the great parlour, your request to go to Miss Howe's for a few days has been taken into consideration and granted. Much against my liking, I assure you, said my brother, rudely interrupting her. Son James, said my father, and knit his brows. He was not daunted. His arm was in a sling. He often has the mean art to look upon that when anything is hinted that may be supposed to lead toward the least favour to or, to or reconciliation with Mr. Lovelace. Let the girl, then—I am often the girl with him—be prohibited seeing that vile libertine. Nobody spoke. Do you hear, Sister Clary? 
taking their silence for approbation of what he had dictated, "'You are not to receive visits from Lord M.'s nephew.' Everyone still remained silent. "'Do you so understand the license you have, miss?' interrogated he. "'I would be glad, sir,' said I, "'to understand that you are my brother.' and that you would understand that you are the only one my brother. Oh, the fond, fond heart, with a sneer of insult, lifting up his hands. Sir, said I to my father, to your justice I appeal. If I have deserved reflection, let me not be spared, but if I am to be answerable for the rashness, no more! No more of either side, said my father. You are not to receive the visits of that lovelace, though, nor are you, son James, to reflect upon your sister. She is a worthy child. Sir, I have done, replied he, and yet I have her honour at heart, as much as the honour of the rest of the family. And hence, sir, retorted I, your unbrotherly reflections upon me. Well, but you observe, miss, said he, that it is not I, but your father that tells you, that you are not to receive the visits of that lovelace. Cousin Harlow, said my aunt Harvey, allow me to say, that my cousin Clary's prudence may be confided in. I am convinced it may, joined my mother. "'But, aunt, but, madam,' put in my sister, "'there is no hurt, I presume, "'in letting my sister know the condition she goes to Miss Howe upon, "'since, if he gets a knack of visiting her there—' "'You may be sure,' interrupted my uncle Harlow, "'he will endeavour to see her there.' "'So would such an impudent man here,' said my uncle Antony, "'and tis better done there than here.' "'Better nowhere,' said my father. "'I command you,' turning to me, "'on pain of displeasure, that you see him not at all.' "'I will not, sir, in any way of encouragement, "'I do assure you, not at all, if I can properly avoid it.' "'You know with what indifference,' said my mother, "'she has hitherto seen him. "'Her prudence may be trusted to.' as my sister Harvey says. "'With what apparent indifference?' drawled my brother. "'Son James,' said my father sternly. "'I have done, sir,' said he. But again, in a provoking manner, he reminded me of the prohibition. Thus ended the conference. "'Will you engage, my dear?' that the hated man shall not come near your house. But what an inconsistence is his, when they consent to my going, thinking his visits here no otherwise to be avoided. But if he does come, I charge you never to leave us alone together. As I have no reason to doubt a welcome from your good mother, I will put everything in order here, and be with you in two or three days. Meantime, I am your most affectionate and obliged, Clarissa Harlow. End of Letter 6